Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio season nine. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Movie Crush. I'm Chuck Bryant. I'll be your host today. <laughs> oh, you don't want to be me. No. <laughs> Everyone, uh, we are at Pont City Market, the home studio, and that is my lovely wife, who you know by voice by now, I would imagine. Right? Sure. Uh, guess, and yeah. It is morning. Uh, it is 9.55 a.m., there is no wine being poured right now. There's no wine being poured, but we drank wine last night while we watched the movie. I had a little bit too much, probably one glass too much. Mm, mm-hmm. And I'm a little... <laughs> that would explain some events of the morning. Oh, man. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, Friendly critique. So I'm a little foggy, but um, I haven't started drinking my latte yet. But uh, we're here to do the filmmaker series, as promised, for a while now. Uh, and we're going with Alexander Payne. One he of our is. Favorite, favorite, favorite filmmakers. Delight. To me, he's in the 100% club. National treasure, for sure. I think you're a 95%. Like, you didn't love About Schmidt, right? Or no, I liked you? it. I didn't. I mean, I didn't madly love it, no, but I liked okay. it a lot. But I is mean, he 100% club for you? Yeah, then? totally. We even liked uh, Downsizing. I loved Downsizing. I did, too. <laughs> I thought the people who didn't like it just didn't get it. So, uh, I totally agree. So, uh, we decided to start with Sideways um, just because we're going to jump around in Sideways. I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite, but for better or for worse, because of how much we love wine and what it means to us. Well, uh, and living in California. Yeah, and... it's all there. Yeah. It's right up our alley. Totally. Our collective alley. So that's what we started with, everyone. What? Nothing. Oh. I was stretching. <laughs> <laughs> you, you held your arms up as if to say, I'm about to talk. No, I was stretching my wrists. Okay. It's an odd pose. Oh, all right. All right. So um, should we talk about Alexander Payne for a minute? Sure. 
did we see Citizen Ruth as his first film or did we start with Election and go backward? I'm trying to remember. I feel like I watched Citizen Ruth when I lived in my apartment on Los Feliz. Oh, we might have watched it separately. separately. Yeah. Yeah. That was during my like IFC and oh, Sundance well, I guess so, channel. Yeah, it had to have been. It was 1996. So I was not even living uh, near you at the time. I don't think I saw it in 96, though. I feel like I saw it, like, on IFC and Sundance. Well, I guess it would be late, you know. Well, That's election, when I moved to California, so maybe so. Election was 99. I have a feeling I went backwards. I don't know I don't know if I saw Citizen Ruth first. But at any rate, um, he just made an impression on me way early on with uh, – and I know one thing we both appreciate is just the realism of his yes, movies. Yes, his His sets are not – beautiful or there it's real he brings real people in he he makes stuff look so so real and yeah. that's almost to the point that it takes you out of the movie for a minute because you're like wait this isn't polished at all yeah like this looks like where this person would live this right. character it's not glammy in the least yeah he, he talks a lot about uh using dirty cars mm-hmm. which is something that you might not notice in movies but you don't see that a lot and there's no neatly curated kitchen counters they're no. just full of shit and it's the life layer and, yeah, it's all life, life layer I love Life Layer. <laughs> That's come up a lot lately. Yeah, from former guest uh, Mallory Coleman. Yeah. We've been using that a lot. Well, because we've been putting our Life Layer all over our house. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> we've been leaving our DNA all over the house. Um, so, yeah, the realism, he does dirty cars, and the other thing he doesn't do that is typical is uh, wet downs. He does not do wet downs. Right, there's never a slick street. No, it's never shiny. It's always, everything's just... Covered in dirt and yeah. dusty, and I love that. Um, I love his real people too. He is oh, always casting real people around these actors, yeah. and I feel like, I mean, you know, there were a couple, the a couple even in Sideways where it's oh, like, well, that person is no actor. Certainly, the winery people were all real because we yeah. met some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was who was I thinking? There was one waitress maybe or something that I was like, yeah. oh yeah, she didn't even no, she didn't even like act it up a little bit. Point. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I like Um, it because it is real. It is real. And I don't know. He's like one of the great satirists and his comedy is dark, but not like it's not like a morbid comedy. No, I like his take on things. He tackles kind of hefty topics. Yeah. With some levity and. Yeah. And in fact, humor. He he actually uh, we watched some deleted scenes and there was a deleted scene from Sideways where Miles hits a dog in his car. I was in the bathroom during that thing. Follows this dog into the woods <clears throat> following its whimper. And then later there's a shot of the dog being eaten by a buzzard. Yeah. And both of us were like, that's not, I mean, I know I got cut. That's just not him. No. Alexander no. Payne doesn't do stuff that like that. That wasn't cute. That wasn't fun. There was nothing cute about that. And it's weird that he shot it. Yeah. It's just not his style. Well, and was it supposed to be like a character thing for Miles? Like I you see know. this other side of him? Like he's I already, no I mean, the guy's already had a really shit week. Maybe that's it. It's just piling on, yeah. you know, because he was devastated in the scene. Yeah. We're way ahead of ourselves. Jeez. All right. So we should start off with uh, the beginning, which is that great. Let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> oh, we always sing on the uh, mini episodes. There, there so you there you have it. Um, that beginning opening bit with the that score, Alexander Payne also do- doesn't use popular music. He always uses... Scores, right? Which is great. Well, I would like to add. This was a note that I made when I, when I saw like the screen pop up. I the marketing was pretty bad for this. I remember 
when it was about to come out, the trailer looked really hokey with like that split screen stuff and that kind of goofy score, which I've come to love and appreciate as part yeah, of the movie. It read the a movie poster different, was a little weird. Like I remember Virginia Madsen looked really like airbrushed and oh really yeah of the there, there's the one with the sideways bottle and that even looked a little like cartoony and weird I just remember thinking oh no. I like that I like the hand drawn one. I like it all now because yeah. I get it and it fit with the movie. But like going into it, I was like, "Oh no, this movie is weird and it might suck." Yeah, I which goes to show marketing remember, doesn't always do the best. Well, job. I think if I remember, I think you're right. I think the trailer tried to sell it as a more like sort of mainstream comedy, which of course they did. Yeah, because you get a marketing that. guy on an indie movie, and it's like, well, "How are we going to package this?" Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why it just turned into that. Old school. <laughs> Keeping it old school. Uh, but that beginning bit, like I'm, I'm a, I talk a lot about um, on the show about how efficient something can be in its uh, setup. And during the opening credits, you learn everything you need to know about Miles from right. that opening sequence of him. Yep. Running late. But not in any hurry. Yeah, but but still, kind of like there's like a chaos around him well, and where his he lives. Messy, everything's messy. Yeah. He has to move his car. He's in his housecoat. Yeah, he's housecoat. You know, he's in a hurry, and then you see him on the toilet reading a book. Yeah, and then he stops and gets a croissant. Yeah, a, sp- a spinach croissant. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's the guy who always pronounces everything exactly how oh, it's yeah. supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> Yeah, he's a bit of a pedant, I think. Yeah, for uh, sure. But it's really like Alexander Payne is sort of a master, I think, at show, don't tell. And that sequence is just sort of emblematic of yeah. of what he's best at, I think. I was thinking, though, too, like there are some other things that came up. Like what did he – oh, about the um, – when he was explaining to THC, yeah. Jack, about the um, – why the Pinot Noir was white and, you know – Oh, right. from the grapes, whatever. It was, and it kind of trailed off. It was, you know, like there yeah. were some wine lessons in this. Oh, totally. But I think they did it really well to where yeah. it wasn't like, well, here's the thing that you need to know. Well, it was done through the lens. It was very cleverly disguised as Miles' is sort of wine pedantry and yeah. like his obsession with getting everything just right with the wine. Yeah. It was like a really clever way to teach people about wine. Yeah. And then to counter that, you had Thomas Hayden Church's like, yeah, like I don't know, that's neat, tastes good. To I me. like it, everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine by me. That and, tastes good. And boy, I hate to say it, but like when we go to wineries, it's there's sideways jokes flying all over the oh, place. Yeah. Like how many times have you been in a winery with me and I've gone, I don't know, tastes good to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, <laughs> just a uh, a hint of Edeny cheese <laughs> or a Sousson. <laughs> Sousson, and he's got like his finger doing the thing. Um, I think we should, uh, at just certain points, I have uh, favorite lines from Jack. Okay. And favorite lines from the movie, but yeah. I know you have yours as well. Yeah. But Jack and Thomas Hayden Church is, is literally, this is one of my favorite characters in any movie I've ever seen. It was fantastic because he really was that guy. Like, you know that guy. Oh, man. It's like he's handsome and a little bit has been, but, you know, super full of himself, but also really sweet. Yeah. And, like, just, just kind of wants to have a good time. Forever the adolescent. Yes. I mean, yes. if you if you look beat for being in this movie, he behaves like a 12-year-old. Of course he does. Well, especially the chasing of women and the oh, you know, yeah. his view on sex. Just and, has to get laid. Yeah. Or else, like, his life is yeah. ruined. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get my nut. On this trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so deadly serious about it. Well, and it's so funny now in like, you know, this was what, 
15 years ago. Yeah. But it's like toxic masculinity oh, as yeah. a, a, about as it can get with this constant like chasing tail and like yeah. that mentality of like, I'm going to tap that. I'm going to hit that. Yeah, that, yeah, oh, Look yeah. at that, you know. It's even dated a little bit because he asks at one point, he says, Miles, are you a homo? Right. Which you would like, you would never put that in a movie of today. Of course it not. It was clearly 15 years ago. Yeah. But I'm surprised that's as far as he went with that stuff. Yeah. Like they drew the line because he had to be likable. Yeah. You know? Well, and he made it like they kind of made a joke out of that too. Like he wasn't being, he wasn't like you're gay and you're bad. You right. Know? But basically like if you can't get women, then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was being Jack. Yeah. Um, it's weird that I'm defending him. I just feel like I understood <laughs> his intentions and intention matters. It does. So I also thought that um, another great example of show don't tell just to set up like crystallize who these characters are was the. The champagne in the car on the way up there. Oh yeah! When they finally get on the road to wine country, and and uh, Miles is like, "Don't open it! Don't open! It. I've been saving that, this and that." And you know, he's just like, "Uh huh." Yeah, he's yep, like, uh-huh, "Uh huh." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll wait. And then he pops the top off. They drink it warm. It was like this, like really fabulous bottle it of just champagne. Says or everything you need to know about yeah about like, both of them. Yeah, and the nature of how they are together. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, Miles is limited and like has this like these deep boundaries that he lives within. And Thomas Hayden Church is like, let's just have a party, man. Oh, let's yeah. make it fun. Like there aren't <laughs> your rules don't apply to me. And that I think would be his tagline. That would is what his autobiography would be called. Is what your rules don't apply to me. <laughs> How many times does he say the word party in the movie? It's oh so yeah, let's party, it's man. Like, These chicks are ready to party. <laughs> um, and we also uh, just to step back in the meeting with the parents. Um, a very important. Uh, subplot is established, which is one of two sort of through lines of destiny for Miles, which is his book and whether or not that's going to be published. The novel. And then his eventual, like, meeting with Victoria, his ex-wife. Right. Like, these two things are the two things that are lingering out there. I thought Victoria had not come up at that point. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying those are the two things that he's going to have to, like, reckon with, basically. sure. And the book is introduced very early on. And... Very early in that scene, it's established that Miles is complicit in the lie that it's being published. He never corrects Jack when Jack says it's being published, which would be awkward, but he's never like, no, we don't know yet for sure. He always goes along with that lie, I think. I never thought about it it. like that. I really never thought about it like that. I thought he was just like, well, I'm not going to get into it. You know, like Jack is trying to like, you know, pump him up and, you know, just like it was easier to just – let that stand but maybe you're right maybe that there in the back of his mind that made him feel kind of successful I don't know he clearly hates himself like it's yeah, God. it's such a he's I mean, such a, a tortured character, character. Yeah. yeah has there ever been like a more just sort of morose sad sack, sad sack? yeah he's so sad sack <laughs> I mean no one else but Paul Giamatti I'm not putting up with your anxiety and your depression <laughs> and your neck neck head downer shit <laughs> <laughs> that we've has yeah. come into our vernacular. And that's a, a le- in the lexicon of the Brian the household for sure. Yeah. Except I think we used to say neck head downer bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, we misread it. Uh, and then they get the the one of my favorite sequences of the movie, and one of the saddest sequences ever in movies is when they go to his mom's house on the way. Oh God! It's just brutal, but not in a it's a, in an Alexander Payne way, sort of brutal. Yeah. It's, like well, no it's one's real. dying. It's just so pathetic. Well, she's so needy and so delighted for yeah. their companionship, Ugh. even though they surprise her and, and he gives her that like that sad bouquet of flowers still in the plastic. Yeah, it's from, sad like, for everything. He Kroger. doesn't remember how old she is. Remember, right at the very beginning, he goes, "Oh, I don't know, seventy something." This is when they're getting off the highway. Oh, so he doesn't know how old his mom is. Yeah, 
He has the sad flowers. Yeah. It's sad for everyone because Jack is being revered as a superstar. Right. And he's drinking that in, but that's not true either. Right. Totally not true. I love the part where he just sits down and suddenly he's at his mom's house on her couch watching the History Channel. Yeah. Like, you know, like that. (laughs) He just goes right into that mode. Like he turns into a teenager. Yeah. Like kind of just a surly teenager. Yeah. And then we find out the reveal of why they uh, stopped there in the first place is to take money, cash out of her. Yeah, that's the whole drawer. Like, like that's the final blow, basically, of that sad scene. Yeah. Well, actually, but, not the final, final blow. He steals the money, which is brutally depressing. Oh yeah, and he's even depressed doing it, but oh, he does yeah, it. It's awful. That's yeah. the whole thing. It's just like uh, well, and that's when you see the picture of he and Victoria for right. the first that's time. That's the final blow. Yeah. As he looks up in that God that. Piano twinkle score when yeah. on all the sad moments is just so great. Yeah, and he sees a picture of he and his dad, right? Which is which Paul Giamatti's real dad, by the way. Oh, that's interesting. Well, and you realize later as the kind of tortured character in his novel, right? That the, that's part of that. Yeah, so there's yeah, that yeah. Flashback. You see three pictures. Well, four pictures. You see he and his dad. You see his young parents married. Yeah. Uh, you see his sister and her family, and then finally that one of his, him on his wedding day. Yeah. And it's just like a gut punch. Yeah. And then the final blow is when she, the mom, offers him money. Yeah, that was like the last the word she says oh to him. Do you God. need any money? <laughs> and I think it's but that was kind of funny though. That sort of, but it's so sad. But though. that was funny. That was kind of that like that's the Alexander Payne little like. Boop, <laughs> well, that's for you sure. know. Um, and we should point out too. You said he was watching TV. There are three. There's a trio of shots of the television in this movie. And that's History Channel. The first one. Let's just name them as they come. Oh, okay. But the first one is. Hitler uh, on the oh, History right. Channel. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Alexander Payne again, just sure. making like a slide joke, I think. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. 
We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're leaving his mom's house. Well, they get so she really wants him to like actually spend her birthday with her. I know it's just so. And like, so he gets up and bails at yeah. like six a.m. You know, like walks out the door. Like it's so slimy. It's, it's a really awful. scuzzy move. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's another Thomas Aiden Church line. Um, they're in the diner right after this, and he goes, he's talking about Miles and like the fact that he needs to get laid and stuff like that. And he says, "Knob smooched." Well, I say, "Fuck therapy." And what's that stuff you take, Xanax? I say, fuck that too. You need to get your joint worked on, Miles. <laughs> I mean, that's the answer for him. It's like, like have random sex yeah. and life will be better. Well, and he doesn't um, – they do a lot of talking to each other, but they never hear each other because all they do is say, you need to do this, you need to do that, yeah. and the other one. And Paul Giamatti is just going like, that doesn't do anything for yeah. me. This is like – well, but that's why he keeps thinking, like, you haven't seen the light. If you just do this, your life will be better. I kept thinking, too, they both agreed on this trip. Each of them had their own idea of what the other person needed, yeah. but it was the trip that they each wanted. Yeah. So they each took the <laughs> trips, like, together, yeah. but separate, the one that they wanted. Yep. It's like they don't know each other at all, honest, I know. Or don't well, care, or they're, brutally like— brutally sad line at the end of the movie. We were just freshman year roommates. Wait, at, he was my freshman yeah, roommate at, at San, San Diego, Diego State. Yeah. <laughs> it's like— that really, God, that line is just so sad. But they do, I mean, with all of the crazy events that get packed in in this, you know, 120 minutes, they do have a bond. Yeah. And they do kind of get each other. And, you know, Miles is so morose, and it is good for him to be around somebody who doesn't take things quite as seriously. So, and... I think everyone has those friends that are like some of your oldest friends sometimes that you know each other so well. They do become like family. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's can... like your brother, not your, it's yeah, not your best you friend anymore. Drop you're all not... the, uh, formalities such that it's just like or even surreal. expectations of what an adult friend looks like and it's just comfort it is it's yeah. like family yeah it's nice it's comforting but you can also like i think fall into the trap of taking that for granted and i think that's what ha- happens with these guys sure to a certain degree um so they finally get to their first winery at sanford which uh we've been to <laughs> we've sanford been we've talked to chris mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of neat and this was Pre-Sideways, right? No, we went or, right after Sideways because oh, right I think we intentionally went to some of the ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
and it's, it's since become one of our favorite areas. Yeah. San, Santa Barbara and that wine country is just like... It's beautiful. Those yeah. rolling, just sleepy hills and all the vineyards and... Well, what do I always say every time we go to a winery? Say, winery doesn't grow in ugly places. Or, yes, or wine. Grape, grapes grapes don't, don't grow in ugly yeah. places, yeah. Yeah, wine grows on wine. trees. <laughs> I wish. Um, yeah, that's why wineries are great because yeah. it's always in the middle of some beautiful, beautiful scene. Beautiful, yeah. No matter what time of year it is, it's And no matter really where gorgeous. in the world you are, yeah. you know, it's going to be great. Yeah. It's not like... I guess you could grow urban wine. That's the new hipster company. Of course, yeah, like straight up downtown Atlanta. (laughs) Grapes just growing straight up the side of a building. You're welcome, anyone who wants to borrow that idea. Oh, I've been giving out freebies for years. (laughs) You just got to get used to it. Um, So it is funny to me. It occurred to me last night after seeing this movie a dozen or more times. Yeah, at least. uh, That this is a, a road trip comedy about two buddies having their bachelor party week, basically. Yeah. And it's just like it's nothing like the no, other bachelor party. It's movies. the anti that really yeah. in so many ways, which yeah. again is Alexander Payne's sort of mastery of right. the tongue in cheek thing. Yeah, because if you awesome. sold it to me like that, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not interested. I know it sounds like it could. I mean, this could have been such a bad movie, right? Um, but he always uses uh, a book usually as source material, a la Kubrick. Uh, this was a book. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he and his writing partner, um, we should shout him out, Jim Taylor. Election was a book. Um, I think most all of his have been books. I don't know about Citizen Ruth, or maybe that was. So too. they optioned the rights. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He always finds a book. Hmm. Kubrick did the same thing. Hmm. Didn't know that either. Plowed through books until he found one that he hmm. thought would be a good movie. It's not a bad way to be. No, I mean you know it's like a proven concept. Especially if you're short on ideas like Kubrick and Alexander Payne. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dummies. <laughs> um. So when they we finally get to meet Maya. Which is a character we both just adore. Well, okay, so let's talk about Virginia Madsen for a second. Adore. So she'd been gone for a while, but she was in a couple of my very favorite 80s movies. All right, let's hear them. Fire with Fire with Craig Sheffer. <laughs> I love that movie. Loved it. I haven't oh, seen it since, I don't think. Craig Sheffer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish we could tell her Craig Sheffer story. <laughs> nah. nah. And then Modern Girls. Do you remember? I'm, I feel like Girls. I forced you to watch Modern Girls. I'm looking that up. Cynthia right now. Gibb, Daphne Zuniga. Um, uh, oh, that. what's his name? He was like in a bunch of '80s movies. Oh, I didn't see Modern Girls. Oh God, I loved this. Like I psychotically love this movie. It had a kick-ass soundtrack, like Britpop. Um, just wonderful soundtrack. It was about like these three girls in L.A. going oh, out I for totally the night. Oh, I totally know the guy. He was in what's his uh, name? Just Clayton Roner, right? Yeah. Yes. Remember we saw him at the movies oh, in L.A. That's that right. Time. Yeah. You're like Clayton Roner's behind us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I loved this movie, and these were all just like these '80s. Like what happened to Cynthia Gibbs? She was huge for a minute. Is and, that you know, Cynthia Gibb on the left? Yes, oh, she's yeah. darling. But I loved this movie. Like, love, love, love. And that's it, crazy. Then Virginia Madsen just kind of disappeared. So well, I forgot. I mean, she was in more, she was in a lot of stuff, but it was kind of low profile. But yeah, it felt like she, she went away from the mainstream for of a course. while. Of course. And she was very mainstream. Like, yeah. she was an it girl back then. No, that's true. Um, so Such it, a great role for her. It was a beautiful role for her to come back. And maybe, you're right, maybe she hadn't gone away. But same with Thomas Hayden Church. Like, he'd, yeah. both of them, this was kind of like a reemergence into uh-huh. the scene, into like bigger roles. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you get a lot of cred in an Alexander Payne film, I think. Totally. Plus, their performances were great. Yeah. God, she's great. I mean, Maya is so, like, 
She's so grounded. She's, she's the our only, people, you yeah. know, like her apartment. Like we both oh, just go yeah. crazy. We like, even see the inside. The outside is so magnificent. All the exactly. Pl- like, well, it's funny, and it's in stark contrast to where yeah. Miles lived. Uh-huh. Like she, you know, she's got this like beautiful walk up and the yeah Santa Barbara Hills, and he lives in That's just like so that typical con- Southern like, California. Quintessential, yeah. yeah, like kind of low rent. Yeah, it's so called Cal. like Sea Breeze yeah. or something like, like that. Like built like Art Deco sixties. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. they're all over. But not Los even Angeles. in a good way. No, not yeah. That just that like really noticeable apartment yeah. style. That that tang. Yeah, but anyways, I was really <laughs> excited to see her, and she really is. She's the most adult of all of these people. She is. And she's, she's the just one who's so her... warm and so uh, but grounded. Yeah, and just lovely and smart. Yeah. And, uh, well, and it's funny because he like writes her off as just some waitress. Yeah. And it turns out she's this really like, st- you know, studied, yeah, smart. One of the parts that kind of bugs me every time I see it, and that's the only thing in this movie that bugs me, I think, is later on when they. And we'll get to that scene. It's one of our favorite sequences when they're back at uh, mm-hmm. Stephanie's house hanging out. Eating insane cheeses. <laughs> insane cheeses. <laughs> we say that at wineries mm-hmm. every time, too. Um, yeah, we're those people, aren't we? I guess. I know. But usually it's just me and you, so no, we don't have to be judged for that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, is when she's talking about wine, or they taste, <clears throat> they taste a wine, and she gives her impression. And he's really like shocked and surprised i mean in a sweet way but it's sort of like it, it today it kind of reeked of this sort of male yeah of like, course oh my well you do know yeah and he, and she thanks him for complimenting her palate which is i guess all okay it just i don't know it kind of has a stank on it to me and that's I, the only part I totally, that bothered me i see what you're saying but he'd already also dismissed her very coldly at the restaurant like what am i yeah, going to do true. like some waitress from Buellton, you know like yeah so there was that. So he'd already kind of scorned her. Yeah. And then she reveals himself. But I felt like she – I don't feel like she was like, oh, thank you. Like she was like, I found no. out I have a really sharp palate. And no. when he was like, do you want to work at a winery? She was like, maybe. She wasn't like – I feel like she's confident in her wine knowledge for sure. She's confident in her life. She's going so. after this master's. Like she didn't need his approval. I thought very differently. And that's why he yeah. liked her. He he's some He's very – He's just a mess. Well, he is, but he's also very brainy and yeah. cerebral, and he needs somebody that can meet him on that level. He's not looking for, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Fun. He needs somebody who can yeah, and challenge the, him. The way they dole out the, the personal details, too, is just so deft, I think. Yeah. Because um, it, it's always just like a single line. If you're not paying attention, you miss out on something real big. Right. Um, and for her, it's uh, later on when he's dishonest, and we'll get to this too, but about uh, the fact that Jack was getting married. Yeah. And she's so mad and she says, I just spent like three, three years, years yeah. trying to get out of a relationship that was, was basically dishonest. Yeah. And that's just one deceit. line. That's all you know. But that's all you need to know about who she is. She yeah. is wounded. Yeah. Uh, and then the line for but him. But has rebuilt her life and is moving forward. And, you yeah. know, she only makes a couple of comments about her ex. No, I know. It's really, like, sly, I think. Yeah. Or not sly, but just Well, subtle. but understated. Yeah, it's not, like, she's not sitting here. She's not an open wound. No. It's like you ask her and then she's talking for 30 minutes about her divorce. Like, she's really trying to move on with her life. But but that's also why, like, she needs to meet. She I think she takes her time with him and thinks he's safe and then finds yeah. out he's. And, again, it's that thing. He doesn't. He's not 
actively lied, but he's lied by omission. Well, that's which technically I'm go is ahead and ask you de- then, deception. Since we're talking about that scene, is how appropriate is her reaction? Appropriate, I think, totally you know, because yeah, I do. I used to think it was too much because, like, he, you know, he did tell her the truth in the end, and but then the more I've seen the movie, I'm like, no, especially if it's a trigger for her. Like, he well, did he slept lie with her omission. before telling her, and he yeah. said, "I almost told you," and she said, "But you wanted to fuck me." And I don't that think was, that's the case, though. No, I don't think that's the case. That's and why again, I feel it's a little unfair. But it's but, but you she get gets it on to both have sides. her she gets to have her own person. You know, exactly. she doesn't have to see his side. Like, yeah. he participated in this thing, and meanwhile, her friend has been taken for a ride. Oh man, you know, like she's like thinks she's got this whole new life and this whole new yeah. guy, and he's met her daughter, and you know, like it's really and this has happened in this short amount of time. Yeah, and he's come in and just like blown this up. So she's she has every right to it's be like so well drawn. How could you participate in that? Yeah, God, it's so good. Um. Oh, well, Jack's line, I might as well go ahead and say it because it changed the movie for me last night after seeing it a hundred times, is uh, Jack, we learned that Miles cheated. Right, which that was a that big... That is key. And it it's is. So, it's such a quick line. Yeah. When Jack says... With Brenda. He says, remember, remember the bad times with Victoria? How, remember how, how she made you feel she small? Made, yeah. And that's why you cheated. And it's like, boom, yeah. there it is. Right. It, he wasn't left because he was a sad no. sack. He cheated. He and, cheated. Yeah. And that's a big deal. That changes everything. It, it does. You're right. You know? And that does, I mean, that is a bit of a, like, a character flaw on this. Like, so so no longer is life just happening to him in this sad way. Like, yeah. he's actively participated I know. in sending his life in his direction down the tubes. Yep. And he has to live with that. And for somebody like him, I bet that's, I know. like, torment. And I bet, I mean, so many other less... Uh, Lesser filmmakers and writers, I think, would hammer home all this stuff. With, just dropped in. With Maya's ex and his ex, and it's just a boom, a little line. Yeah. And I don't know. There's so much trust, I think, that Alexander Payne puts in the audience. Sure. And I, I just love that from a filmmaker. Well, but that's also indie filmmaking. Yeah. You don't spell it out. Sometimes there's like, wait, He's not indie that. anymore, though. That's, you know. He's... I know. But indie sensibilities. I no, guess exactly. it's like I toss around indie way no, too freely it's, it's now. A, you're but right. But he it's still has his indie sensibilities where he's not, he's not spoon feeding his audience. There aren't these big yeah. romantic, <laughs> no. you know. It's real. It is. Well, yeah. I mean, it's real as movies get. Um, so two more Thomas Hayden or Jack lines that I love real quick. Uh, after meeting Maya, she's jamming out. <laughs> <laughs> we know guys like this yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, he's and- <laughs> constantly commenting on women and how they look and, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's all that is he sees. That's uh, how he sees the world. And then the other one, when they're walking back, uh, when she came into the bar, she was sans rock. Yeah. She was not wearing a ring. She was sans rock. Sans rock. Um, God, he's just so juvenile. But funny, it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. And uh, like he, it, it's kind of a con- complex character too because he is. He's like this. Like there is that toxic maleness of like you're not yeah. a man if you're not doing this. But also he's his biggest like cheerleader. Yeah. Like you can do that. You know, he's constantly like your money, baby, your money. You yeah. know, it's like the equivalent of that. Yeah, he's, he's uh, Vince constantly. Vaughn yeah, swingers. in, in swingers, he's a constantly bit. trying to like pump him up it's despite the fact that yeah. he's dealing with this insecure wreck. And I truly believe that he believes in him. I don't think he's just saying it. I think he really I thinks think he highly does of too, him. But I think he's he's a c- kind of guy that it just he's a simpleton. 
He yeah. simplifies everything. Uh, well, he that's yeah. It's very things are very yeah. Because well, like when they're talking about the white. book, he was like, you know, you should just self publish it, which is actually good advice. I, yeah, I was you thinking like that's night. not a bad idea. Yeah, but but this for was him, it's just that fifteen easy. years ago though too. Like it's way more. Well, that's true. Yeah, I'll chip in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's constantly wrecking things and then offering to pay for it too. You know, like <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. Like like he's he he decides to go hang out with um Stephanie, Stephanie. and her daughter. He's like, Oh, here's the money for the golf game I was oh, supposed God, to play that's with such you. A, like, I was so mad at him for that. I know, and it's that funny was too. Really, he was a very bad friend in that scene. Well, there's girl code. I remember in like, you know, college, like you don't ditch your friends yeah. for the guy that you just met. Like you stay with your friends and hang out and you know, like I imagine yeah. it's not super cool. I was just kept it's thinking not cool. that's not cool, man. No, that he was a very bad friend that day. Yeah. That was like super, super shitty. But he also made it clear that he had one, you know, agenda item that for this was... trip and he was <laughs> check, check, check. She fucks like an animal, Miles. <laughs> Everything is through the lens of sex for him, I know. which, you know, that blows up in his face. Yeah. Literally. What did you think? I think we're just kind of jumping around now, but um, what did you think of the scene where he breaks down at the end and when he loses the wedding rings? And he's like, I can't lose my wife. Like, she's all I got. And that really, it's the only time you see him like that. I had always, that scene had always gotten to me. But last night I was like, is he acting? No, 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 no. I don't, you don't think. think. No. I kind of wondered for a minute. Well, but here's the thing. Well, it's funny because he, that the one line that we were laughing about, he was like, I'm an actor. All I have is my instinct. <laughs> you know, like you can't take that away I from me. love that line. So I was thinking like, what would it be like to be with somebody who acts? Like, how do you know what's real and what's not? Like in his yeah. mind, that was all very real. He was feeling those feelings. You know, like if he's constantly just following his instincts, that's what leads him awry. But also he did believe that. But I think it's it's kind of like Ruby, like our three and almost four-year-old. You know, the mercurial like yeah. like she's hysterically upset about something and then literally 30 seconds yeah. later is belly laughing. Well, he calls him – I mean, I love that they reuse this – one of our favorite lines from you're Husbands an infant, and Wives. You're an infant, Jack. Yeah. yeah he, he says you're an infant, yeah. which is uh, our fam- famous – Husbands and Wives. <laughs> line yeah. from Husbands and Wives. Um, but I was wondering, <clears throat> like, I believe it was real, too, but you could almost have shot an alt take where he does that. Miles turns around and Thomas Hayden I mean, Church like, kind of laughs or yeah. something. And no, it would have been believable, I but think. But he'd also just run naked through. <laughs> oh, my God. We were dying because. He, he ran from. Uh... Yeah. like He goes, that's like five clicks. <laughs> yeah. He ran five miles naked in the dark and probably cold. The desert gets pretty cold at night. And through what was it, an ostrich farm or something? Yeah. Those fuckers are mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's when Ma- that's the only time oh, in the yeah. entire movie when Miles so legitimately like gets a good chuckle. Yeah. And it wasn't like he laughed because like, oh, that's funny. This happened to you. I think it was more like this fucking the absurdity. guy. It's absurd. Like this fucking friend he of He went mine. home after getting the <laughs> shit beat. We haven't even talked about that. But getting the shit beat out of him by the one woman he screwed over, goes and sleeps with another and gets run out by her husband. I mean, it is. It's absurd. It's like, yeah. how big of an idiot do you have to be? <laughs> but also what I feel like that shows is he is this kind of insecure guy. Like, who's he always needs to be validated by women. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's not like this together guy. That's... No, they're both insecure in their own ways. They're both sad in their own ways. Like, Thomas Aiden Church is... The has-been actor thing. He had thing. one role on a soap, yeah. Derek Summersby. That he's still, he, like, yeah, his claim to fame. That's what everyone knows guy him. And, like... Gonna Oily do th- discharge. <laughs> gonna do the sad thing where he goes to work for his father-in-law. Yeah, but not, he's not, tr- hey, I don't want to knock that. No, but he's People trying to pump it up. That. 
he still wants to be an actor, but he's like, you know, it's the right thing to do. Like he's constantly yeah. he's trying to pump himself up the way he's trying to pump Miles up. But, but you it's know not what's what going to happen? He's never going to act again. He's going to go work for his father-in-law, and yeah. that's his life. Well, and I think what he's facing down is this kind of responsible maturity that he's not ready for, and probably we've known guys like that never really will be. I know. You know, he's still Jack's chasing not the dream. Be faithful. No, probably He's not. He's not able to be. I, I was feeling terrible for his fiance, yeah. And, you know, who's from this, like, Armenian family of, you know, where family is really important. Yeah. And probably, you know, like, pretty much, like, rules of how you sure. conduct yourself. And then she's married this kind of, like, yeah. loose cannon guy who is basically. Because he's charming. Dual. Um, another Thomas Hayden Church line, one of my favorites, after he meets Stephanie. Well, she has the great line. I know I need to be spanked. And this is like <laughs> yeah. from that point forward, yeah, it's Thomas Aiden Church is just Bing. like, what? <laughs> um, but right after he meets her, this girl, Stephanie, she has got it all going on. <laughs> and then Miles says, well, she's cute. Cute? She's fucking hot. Yeah, I know. It's like. <laughs> I, I mean. Well, and that showed her character, too, because Miles is being such a shit at that winery. He's, you know, and yeah. she's, like, handling him like a pro, like yeah, customer yeah, yeah. service pro. Yeah, but she agrees with him. I thought that was interesting. When he dumps the thing, she's like, and by the way, I agree with you about the— I've come to expect chauffeur, nothing uh, from, uh, what was Cab the Franc. Oh, Cab Franc, <laughs> and this one is no different. Um, this is a point where we learn, and this is, uh, you know, how I love to chart out my plot points. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you a hit— screenwriter. It's always you like, You paused oh, it and looked minutes. at the— so right Time at like code. 35 minutes in, um, to spin us into Act Two, we get uh, we learn that Victoria's married, or has been married, and yeah. has yeah is now married because there was Sans Rock, there was some yeah. back and forth, but we no could... no no not that that's Maya. His, oh Victoria, sorry, yeah, his yeah, ex wife. Yeah. Oh married, right, because that's he... what sends him miles down this like spiral that and really literally running down a hill chugging a bottle of wine which is God, that scene it's it's so sad but so it's sad. also really really funny like what a ridiculous he literally like chews the top pulls the cork out with his teeth yeah. and is running down this hill in wine country glug 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 like with a bottle of wine it's such a alexander payne staple because you're laughing and laughing and within the same scene, it makes that transition from funny to, to like gut punch pathos. Yeah. yeah, because at the end, they're old guys. He runs. He can't run through I a winery. Probably supposed to be in their thirties, babe. Well, but he's he's not in shape. I mean, you saw how he was doubled over, breathing heavy. Yeah, that's the implication. I know, but I'm just you know objected to. Uh, <laughs> old. <laughs> I think they're in their forties. Mm. We'll do the math. Late thirties, maybe. <laughs> but he. Uh, then he stops, and they're both, like, doubled over out of breath, and that score starts again. Yeah. And it's just – there's so many beautiful shots that sneak up on you because Alexander Payne's not flashy. Right. But there's so many gorgeous shots that – Well, it's like, how can there not be again? I know. The, it's in one you know. country. <laughs> but there's also the walking down the highway in Buellton. You know what I mean? Like, the, the parts of wine country yeah. like where they stayed and where they ate. Well, no, it's very blue-collar. Every time we go to wine country, we're always just like – it's not bougie. It's these no, are farmers, especially and not California. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean Napa more so, but it's you know. Well, it, there can be bougie shit, but you know most wineries there's like a goat walking through the tasting room. Yeah, or something. I love that. That's why a baby goat, <laughs> or at least a dog. Yeah. Oh yeah, winery dogs are the best. Um, I know because they'll just like. Remember, we, we Emily and I went on a horseback riding thing oh, through then, a winery, and there were dogs. There were that dogs just with that us just walked way. with us. <laughs> I love the shit out of those dogs. Well, and then they just took off and 
It, of course, I got like, stressed. I'm horseback riding through wine country. I'm like, where's the dog? Where's the dog? Where's yeah, the dog? I know. They, they, they have so like, much freedom. Yeah. Those dogs have hundreds of acres to roam. I know. Well, and they just showed up and never left, too. They didn't yeah. technically, like, belong to anybody. <laughs> They're like, hey, I'll just live here. That's cool. So uh, then we get a very important sequence, which is the first double date uh, of two. And it's really like, as a viewer, you're like, this is Miles' chance. He has this really great chance with a great woman. But he's also— But he's this his is, own worst enemy. Well, but also, this is, he, this is the day that Well, he just Jack found out about Victoria. To tell that he, and we find out later that Miles kind of thought that there'd be a shot for them down the yeah. road. You know, so it's like, so it's like the end of his hope. Uh-huh. And it was probably false hope. It sounds like the divorce— Well, it's like the book. Those two subplots mirror one another— they yeah. just linger in there, in right? The in the hope, yep. there's still at least when there's no resolution, there's a little bit of hope. Yeah. But he gets shut down on both ends I on know. this trip. Like it's it's a lot. It is a lot, <laughs> especially well, for a guy who's yeah. already kind of like kicked and you know down. Well, we'll talk more about hope later. But um, they have this great dinner, and Miles is his own worst enemy. He don't don't go to the dark side. Yeah, Miles. don't go. No th- dark side. Yeah. What is he? Oh, that's that's my favorite line. I think of. If they want to drink Merlot, we're oh, yeah. drinking Merlot. <laughs> I'm not drinking fucking Merlot. We, I mean, we said that for years, and it's yeah. funny. I like. I don't. I've never really loved Merlot, but I probably. I, I bet. I, I wonder if the Merlot industry took a hit from it. Did you that. want a statistic? Yeah, I do. I've got actually, one for you right here. I mean, it's not the best red grape, if you ask me. But it's funny because it really like. I'm always like, I'm not fucking drinking Merlot. Oh wait, in 2019, it was announced that Sideways was scheduled to be adapted for a Broadway musical. What? <laughs> No. Are you fucking kidding me? The songs be. Why not? Songs rock. <laughs> wine, 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 wine. Following the film's U.S. release, Merlot sales dropped 2% and Pinot Noir sales increased 16% in the Western United States. Uh, a 2009 study of, of, from Sonoma State found that Sideways slowed the growth of Merlot sales volume. I'm sure they were like, and caused his price to fall. But the film's main effect on the wine uh, industry was a rise in the sales volume. And price of Pinot Noir and overall, and in overall wine consumption, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And they said a possibly a four hundred million dollar loss in Merlot over a decade. Wow. And it said, however, even the people that did the study uh, admit that that is speculative. That's kind of a flawed it, study. Yeah, but I mean, it had a, it put a dent in it. Well, it goes to show how much popular culture affects crazy. the market. Not drinking any fucking Merlot. Not drinking any fucking Merlot. I always said fucking drinking Merlot. So last night I realized I was saying. Oh, was it backwards? Yeah. Eh, who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm doing it my way. And in the <laughs> you? Yeah, I know. Shock. Uh, and in the in the date scene, it's funny when they they're first making the small talk. It's the the way their conversations mirror, like Jack and and uh, Maya, or I mean uh, Stephanie, Maya and Miles are already talking about wine kind of deeply. And Jack is asking Stephanie about her side work. Yeah, but well, about a, her day. A, like, what's your day pour? like? And she's like, oh, you know, I just, like, I put the glasses away and, you know. It's so true to the character. It is, but they're really like, suited for each other, work? too. She's pretty, like, <laughs> no, she's easygoing and party yeah, and, you know, like, she so. she likes to keep it pretty simple. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> I was thinking too, you know, she's a single mom, and you know, I'm, I doubt working in a tasting room pays a lot. So let's sure. presume she's, you know, although yeah. she has a kick-ass wine collection, so that could be like one of the yeah. Few but you come across disparities that stuff in wine country, that's true. I think, yeah. In the like somebody like handed her sure. her. Um, um, another, fav- but I was thinking she's pretty, up, you know, like up with life, despite the fact that she probably doesn't have being a single mom isn't easy. 
And yeah. I presume there's no dad in the picture. And... No, she's. We kind of have know people like that. In yeah. California, like it's that California vibe. It is that California vibe, which like, we love. Yeah. Uh, another favorite line from Jack after the dinner. Come on, Miles. We need to kick it up a notch. <laughs> I know he's, like, he's always so trying to serious. ratchet it. Everything is like, how can we like get this party going? Oh man! Which they so do funny. the minute they get back to her house. <laughs> it's like the, the minute he walks in, they're like. Oh, they ready go to, to the hook bedroom. up. Yeah, they don't even hang out. Yeah, well, and that brings us to like I think for both of us probably maybe our favorite sequence of the movie. Yes, is of course. Stephanie's house and that hang when Miles and Maya talk about wine. Oh my God. Yeah, well, and the first well, and it's funny too because it, it, the way his like because she's like, why are you so into Pinot? Yeah, like what's what's it? And his description. Of the grape is oh, so, so wonderful. I know he. I, I wrote some stuff down. He but is also, the Pinot grape. He is the Pinot grape. But also, I was thinking maybe in 2005 I found that charming. But I was also like, oh god, you know, oh like really? This, yeah, like you're a project man. Get yeah, your shit oh, together. Well, Maya sure. doesn't need a project. No, you know. And he, I mean, he made Pinot Noir sound like a pro- that grape sound like a project, yeah. which is nice for a grape, but not necessarily for a person. Yeah. But it was uh, it was int- I was having all of these thoughts about what a lovely. But he says, um, oh, where is it? I, this is why I don't do notes. Because <laughs> I can't find it. Emily's scrolling through yeah, her phone through right phone. now. With an aggravated Haunting look. and brilliant, thrilling and subtle. You know, like this writer's brain discussing yeah. this grape that he has such an affinity for and a connection with. Yeah, it's interesting. I think <clears> – <throat> well, first of all, there's a lot of metaphors flying around uh, – about the the Pinot, like he is a Pinot grape, very tender and delicate, needs a lot of care. Yeah, and then to, there's to coax its full potential. Yeah, which he's never going to reach. Right. Um, but he's also except saying maybe through Maya, right. through the caretaker. Right. Which, ugh. Um, that's, not as, that's not as cute of a <laughs> scenario in 2019. But um, and then there's the metaphor I think of the '61 Cheval Blanc, um, because she's this is his prized wine yeah. in the collection, and, and she it's says, peaking. right. Or past its peak is oh. what she says, and I'm like, interesting because he's not a Cheval Blanc. He's not this. He's never peaked. He's never peaked, but this wine that he has, it's emblematic, I think, of who he is. That well, maybe he's holding he saved on it to it. Long. Yeah, of course, because again, on the for, hope for for never. Yeah, well, but for this th- this perfect experience, because yeah. he said, you know, like he was saving it to drink with his wife or whatever. It's you know, just so, so he's like, not had anything. So worth celebrating yeah. with this beautiful bottle of wine. But now oh, so that's been going on for so long that the wine might not even be good anymore. I know. It's so like, God, that's good writing. Yeah, it, it is. It's good. So yeah, good. They're pretty good at that. And then Maya's. Uh, like what, that's, what, that is my favorite part of that. So when, he, when she God. talks about. Well, the way they each talk about wine is really interesting because hers is very personal and emotional. And his is a little more. Cerebral. Hers is very romantic. His is a little more cerebral. Right. Which Hers is, is more spiritual, I think, yeah. the way she talks about it. Because she's like, I, I discovered I had a really sharp palate. And that's where I feel like she was like, she knows what she's good at. And oh, you yeah. know, she didn't need his like, yeah. approval. approval at mm-hmm. all. Um, but she, you know, she started talking about, I liked what I thought what I was thinking about when I drank the wine yeah. and like was the sun shining that day did Ugh. it rain that year what were the people like who picked the grapes and you know like if it was an old varietal maybe and they're not around anymore around, yeah or alive anymore yeah it's a very uh, spiritual like connected to the land and the people you know I, that really appealed to me I'm like well and that beautiful first person shot of her just kind of looking right at camera yeah 
it's just it well, was she's such a really trying. Scene. Yeah, she's kind of like talking to him. She's really looking at him, which and then remember, so she finishes and she's kind of in thought. Yeah, and he just snaps <laughs> into. Oh, well, you know. Well, no, but I what's kinda, her last line though? Remember, it's really fucking. She said, good. "Plus, it just tastes so fucking good." Yeah, which is so great. It's like. She talks all romantically, and then her last line is just like she drops an f bomb. Yeah. It's just like it just tastes so fucking yeah. good. Yeah, like boom. That's you know the, that's the simplest part of yeah. why people enjoy wine. And he's in it, and like that was the kiss moment, and he blows it, he and blows that just it. sends him into a like oh, tailspin. It's so awkward. But also, I was thinking that didn't have to be the the kiss moment for well, him because that's not it his. It was though because he he goes to the bathroom. And it's like, you fucking, you know, come on, man. Like, he pumps himself up, and he goes out and then has the most awkward kiss in movie history in the kitchen. Well, but that's the problem, too, because it didn't have to be his kiss moment. That could have just been a right. connection between them. Right. But he's got Jack, Jack. in the back of his yeah. head. Like, you screwed it up. You could could have nailed her. You could yeah. have done it. I don't know if that's what she wanted out of it, either. Like, they're, they both are trying to get to know each other. And then right. he tries to do the thing that's not natural. Yeah. But she gives him a... She kind of rejects... Gently rejects him. Yeah, but I don't think... Re- I was... That scene to me last night, like, she's not rejecting him. She's rejecting that in that moment. Right, because it was wrong. But she, she also gives like him, him a really sweet hug, yeah. I thought. She ma- she tried to make that's him... That's an affirmation, I think. Yeah, very much so. She tried to... Like, she was like, this isn't going to happen yeah. right now. But she didn't... She wasn't trying to hurt him or no, rebuff him. No, she's so him. tender with him. Yeah. Boy, this is... That sequence just so well acted. It's like a master class. Like, I'm not an actor, but that would be like, I would use that shit for auditions. Totally. Like her soliloquy. Yeah. Um, but her kindness is what he needs more yeah. than anything. He Because he's terrible to himself and he has so much pressure, external and internal. He needs somebody who can just be kind to him and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The life of wine soliloquy is what I call that. Yeah. Because that's how she intros it. She says, I think about the life of the wine. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I know, I know the moment, too, that I never really noticed is she's doing this, her Life of the Wine uh, speech, and then and then what freaks him out, she has his hand. Oh, does she reach over and touch or like is it's, she touches the him? The camera just reveals that there's an insert shot where it shows that she is, has been holding his hand while, or not holding, that, but like... hand is on top of his hand oh. while she's saying this. And then he snaps out and sort of notices that and is just... Like uh, the you know yeah wine you know I also like Riesling and yeah oh yeah it's like because like Riesling it's like the sweet (laughs) lately I've been getting into Rieslings (laughs) um so then he goes with Stephanie for the day and we get uh, I think one of the saddest lines in movie history is when uh, Miles goes to the store and says can I get a barely legal oh god and then he goes oh no 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 the new one yeah (laughs) yeah oh god like uh, he just reads it in bed he's just sitting there like with his glasses on you know (laughs) like reading it like you know like my dad used to be like I read Playboy for the articles you know but then he wakes up like invigorated remember he passes out a bit he wakes up and it's like I'm gonna go find Maya I'm gonna do this like like she gave him just enough of a you know like an in but then she's, she's not, not there, there and he drinks himself into a stupor yeah. and, you know, I was like, oh, One my God, walking down walks. that busy highway. It's so depressing. But his drunk walk was so believable. Of course great. it was. That's why it was super depressing because he just got slammered and <laughs> walked down a highway. Uh, so then we get our second double date, which is the out, outing in wine country together. Much better. Which is just like everything we love about going to wine country yeah. like encapsulated. Yeah. The montage of like being oh, in the barrel room God. and in the fields and yeah. So like I great. want I want that day. I want that day today. Man, unbelievable. Oh, and this also sets up sort of one of the recurring motifs, which is which direction his car turns out of that one road. Oh right. They they do that a few times. Yeah. Because they turn separately to go to Stephanie's or night. Maya's at, or, or no at leaving Stephanie's it's left to Maya's house. Right to the windmill. Yeah. And then and it happens like staying. three times. And I think the last one is at the wedding reception or after the wedding. 
everyone's turning right to go to the reception. Oh, and he, and turns, he turns left to go eat, drink his wine at McDonald's. Oh my God. But we forgot about the novel. So when he's like, do you, they're leaving, and yeah. she gets out to make sure he knows where <laughs> he's turning. Right. And do you? And he says, do you still want to read my novel? So he hands her like the manuscript in a box, mm-hmm. and she's like, thanks. He's like, wait a minute, and hands her a whole other box. Yeah. So you know the sucker is like a thousand pages. Like, yeah, which is a joke that we've. Love in another favorite movie of ours, yes, Wonder uh, Boys. Wonder Boys, sort of the same gag, yeah, of like the thousand page yeah. tome. When somebody's like, "Is that single space?" Yeah. and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> it's like the like the the book that they can't stop writing. There's so much in their head, and they don't know how to these be obsessive. choosy. And yeah, they they have to get these thoughts out. But the Tarantinos. <laughs> oh God, Ooh. that guy. Uh, and then right on cue again with about thirty minutes to go. Uh, once again, it spins us into the third act when he busts Jack. Um, you know the big scene where he says, "You know, we got to get back for the rehearsal dinner," and he's all of a sudden. Oh, when it slips out, yeah, she has to stay he's that in trouble, weekend. Um, which also is one of my favorite lines from uh, Maya. When she's mad and she goes, do you have any idea what he's been telling her? How she's the only woman who ever rocked his world? <laughs> <laughs> and and Miles says, I'm sure he believed every word of it. Yeah. And that's the important thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. He's created this escape fantasy, you know, like he feels really – Jack feels yeah. really – stifled by going into this new life with one woman and so he's created this escape hatch basically but two he's that guy he's in this family all of a sudden he's putting the daughter to bed he's hanging out with her mother like he you know like those so weird men who kind of just like glom onto a new family everyone's seen that yeah it's really like a thing that some men can do yeah so strange it is it's really weird (laughs) to like want to be that untethered yeah. To familiarity. I don't know. But then tether yourself immediately yeah. to another thing. Yeah. I mean, could there be any deeper insecurity than that? Like the new. Yeah. Because it's new. Cause, like, well, that's you... what he says at one point. She smells different. She yeah. fucks different. Yeah. He needs that new because he gets to keep being new. Yeah. Because, you know, someone gets to know you for a while and you're like, you know, you get to see the warts. Well, and like, I don't know. Some people either put value in the rewards of forever together sure which are great yeah and there are downsides yeah or some people it's all about the new and they they don't yeah they just they and they're they, wired that way like agreed. we know people like this they can't help it they can't help it that it's like the um brain jolts what's it called the chemical that makes your brain healthy. oh yeah like a dopamine hit dopamine, or whatever yeah it yeah. is it's like a constant dopamine hit of like fresh love new love new things yeah like any that's it's becomes like a drug yeah totally it's a good way to describe it. Um, so then they meet back up at the hotel, and this is actually a very sweet scene, the way Jack reacts to thinking Miles got laid, which he did. Yeah, but, but he, he, he doesn't say. He hugs because... him, and he, like, he hugs him over to the bed and lays on and him. And then it jumps on him. And he jumps and on him. And of course, goes... it's very sexual again. It's like, oh, yeah. That's like how he's acting and it he out. Goes, give me details. I love details. Yeah. And he won't give him any, and that's when well, he's like, you didn't he even get laid. may have disgusted it if he hadn't outed. The, I like, know. Hadn't, like, but he never comes clean about that. He manages to. Oh, to outing Jack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that kills me. He lies to him. I know, but it's so funny how smoothly he does that, too. Like, oh, yeah. no, remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is also the scene where we get our second TV shot. Right. So the first of one was Hitler. Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, so Jack. No, then golf was the second. Oh, was there a golf yeah. one? Yeah. 
Okay. The, when Miles is laying in bed, the, after oh, yeah, he finds out about Victoria. Them. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah. watching golf, and Jack and Jack is watching. It's like, like MTV, MTV dance like party. yeah, yeah. It's like girls in bikinis <laughs> jumping up and down. It's like, like of sitting course, around and watching. That's that. what he has on. <laughs> like who sits around and watches? That? I know. Oh my god! Uh, and then the the it just shit starts spinning out of control when they go to. Uh, Frass Canyon, the big mega corporate winery. Yes. And um, this is where the first nail in the coffin uh, comes when Miles learns that his book is not being published. Well, he decides in the midst of all of this crisis to go call his agent. Well, he said he's been calling obsessively, so we just finally see it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, his book doesn't get published, and that's when uh, the fucking – one of the most cringe, oh my god, scenes ever. I still can barely watch that. I know last night you were like, nah. Oh my god, <laughs> when he takes the pour bucket. Yeah. And, well, so he tr- he he goes to get a pour, <laughs> and they give him the little wine tasting pour. And that's even a small pour. That guy. It was, was a small like, pour, and then the second it was a corporate one. Corporate pour. It was a corporate pour, but then the, the guy, yeah, because you know, like if you get to know the person pouring, they'll usually yeah. hook you up. When you're and, at the place with the goat. They're, yeah. They're pouring stuff. Exactly. Pours. But so then the second pour is even a little more stingy. Yeah. And so he's like, "Can I just get a glass? Like, I'll pay for it." So he's not trying to be like he's not trying to take advantage. But this guy, this corporate guy's like, "Nope, that's not how this we do isn't things." A bar, sir. So then he grabs the thing and pours it, yeah. which wouldn't have made sense with that pour spout. But whatever, we'll we'll let that slide. Oh, is he, it a single pour spout? Yeah, oh, okay. but he gets like a glug, glug, glug pour, yeah, and then yeah. they're fighting over it, and it gets all over him, and then he grabs the, the pour bucket oh and just starts like gl- like pouring it over his head like a cooler. It's like – it's. I just want to crawl out of my skin every time I see that Surely most scene. people know what a pour bucket is, but basically it's the wine that nobody wants. So it's a combination of all of the wines that they – Pour. People have tried and poured yeah. out. Yeah, and they're spit. <laughs> and it's like a you know a couple of gallons of yeah. it or something. Yeah, it's usually like the bottom of the wine. So there's backwash, and it's oh like and he, he starts drinking, like gulping out of yeah. this. It's I'm getting a little nauseous. It's so about bad. It. It's like then, chew gum off the floor. Like that would be yeah. cleaner. But it's interesting with Jack. He's he vacillates in this movie between great friend and terrible friend. Yeah, like wild. He can be a real shit. Too. And he's 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 immediately man. He sees he hears what goes on. And he is fucking on it, and he is dragging Jack out of there. And at the last minute, goes, he, uh, he's his mother just died. Yeah, and it's a very subtle little character moment, but yeah. really important. Well, but he's as trying to, to give Jack him. Is. Yeah, he's trying to like, like he did just have a death, but it wasn't one that most people could oh, yeah. understand. His you know, I mean, this was died. he was reacting to a crisis, but it was funny because he was still like, n- like it didn't even matter why somebody would do this. Like it happened. Yeah. In the middle of this busy corporate winery, but he was still trying to help him save face a little bit. Yeah, a- another beautiful sneaky shot too. Again, pain not flashy, but you don't even notice sometimes. The uh, when he's on the phone, there's that really long shot of him in silhouette on the telephone getting the bad news, where he's just—I uh, guess he is in silhouette because he's under the porch, and behind him you just see the wine, yeah, uh, the grapes and everything, and. It's just I don't know. It's another one of those beautiful Alexander Payne shots. That, I thought he was on the pad with all of the. Well, he was it, when he first called, I think. But yeah, he eventually went out to the pad with all the yeah. stainless steel trucks, which yeah. is also a very wine country thing, yeah. like the industrial processes. Yeah, he's like back in both the, of us love so much. Yeah, and the mechanics. And it's funny too because when you're at wineries, if you they love to talk about all of the mechanics. So oh, like if yeah. you ask questions, you're going to get more than you can possibly yeah, even it's take the in. Best. It's great. Yeah, one thing we've never met at a winery when you ask someone about. One of their processes, they're like, uh, you know, we just we just make oh, it's it like and you, you do drink the thing it. and the thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like a very in depth. Yeah. But I'm really interested in processes because of what of I do. So I'm always. And like, what do you do? Um, <laughs> boring. 
Loveyourmama.com, everyone. <laughs> Mama Bath and Body, homemade soaps, lotions, scrubs, lip balms, Wait, you didn't say it. Let me pause for a moment from our sponsor. <laughs> um, do you have $4? You can sponsor the podcast. I have like a five. I don't, you don't even have to give me change. Uh, so as the movie's winding toward its conclusion, he leaves Maya. Uh, there are two messages left at the end of this film. Miles leaves Maya one and Maya leaves Miles one. Mm-hmm. And the message he leaves Maya is just so tragic and sad. But he really like does right and comes clean and really apologizes about not telling her about yeah. Jack. And like he owns it, I think. Yeah. Um, he's still a sad sacky though. There's still a little bit like pity me, like you know. But but, yeah, but I don't know I that he's he trying okay. to manipulate her with it. I don't think so. It's just what he. Is. This is who he is. Yeah. So I guess in fairness, he's being real with her. Like this is yeah. my lot, and you know, so sad. Um, Stephanie beats the shit out of uh, of Jack. Yeah, and he immediately goes from like saying he was in love with her, and wants to be with her, oh, the sewer ass. <laughs> suing her, and then but we, I'm, I got to protect my wife. Or like my yeah, wife to be exactly. like that was that was really like right right really? the only reason I won't is because Christine Christine I have to protect Christine <laughs> like you've done a really good job of that jackass uh, and then we get the the sort of the final like sad part of the movie when he they're eating dinner on the way home and oh. there's the waitress that oh, he uh, and and I think here's the thing Alexander Payne Payne Alexander Payne didn't even need to make the waitress I guess for lack of a more Tinder way to put this, less attractive. Yeah. It could have been anyone, really. Sure. And it's the sad fact that Jack's on the way home and still has to get laid again. Yeah. Well, and he's doing it with a waitress, what he deems are two tons of fun. She's kind of chubby. Yeah, and it's like she's... It's definitely off-type for him. below his grade, in his eyes at least. Yeah. And, but at this point, but oh he's God. damaged goods, so maybe he's like making that comparison. But again, if you're always looking, if all he's looking at is the attributes, like the physical attributes of women. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he, he had sex with a girl. He leaves his wallet. Um, they have to go back and get it, which we get that great scene with uh, the guy from Lost. Oh, Lee God. Gaining. I can never get that out of my – that <laughs> scene is so stressful. Like, it was funny. I watched it last night and not even with apprehension, but usually I, like, want to, like, go to the bathroom during that scene. Yeah. At any, like, <laughs> where somebody's about to get busted sneaking around someone's house, it I just know. gives me anxiety that I just don't really need in my life. So Well, we get our last TV shot there, too. So when he's – He's now having sex with his wife, saying like, "Yeah, you liked it when I busted you, oh, and yeah. you liked the way he had, you liked the way he fucked you, and um, you liked the way he had sex with you." <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at the dirty talk. When you guys. were doing it, <laughs> um, and in the background, you have the TV of uh, George Bush and Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I couldn't remember what was on. <laughs> it was so great. Just like looking off into the distance. Yeah, it was like very weird. Conference. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then uh, sort of to cap off their friendship, we uh, they wreck their own car to make it seem like he well, again, was hurt. But he but he doesn't say like, hey, I need to. He no, just he is just like, does hey, it. I need to drive. Can I drive? Can I drive? And then he drives into a tree and it's one of those very like un, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so not a big impact. <laughs> it's just like a poof when you run into a tree going 20 miles an hour. And right. Miles is like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what did you just do? And he's like, I need this to look like an accent. But he immediately so then Miles says, is okay. complicit. Yeah. Well, because he's already jacked up his car. I know, but it's also, I don't know. I feel like he really is a good friend to him in that moment. Well, he's a good friend to him when he agreed to go back and get his wallet well, and then went true. in and did it. Like, he's, but that's all. So, 
we didn't talk about that. We talked about that stuff earlier, but like when he cries and he's so desperate, I think Miles finally sees like yeah, he's been this kind how of pathetic he is. Well, yeah, pathetic, absolutely, and vulnerable and yeah. needy in a way that he doesn't he doesn't usually need Miles like that. Yeah. So it was yeah. like Miles got to be useful. That's true. Gave him a little something. Yeah. Interesting. Everyone's always very, very selfish in this movie. Yeah. Of not course. everyone, like Maya's not, because yeah. she's the best. Yeah. Uh poor Stephanie. But it's kind of telling – that's their character too. Like they're yeah. just – they're all kind of messed up enough where they haven't like done the work to get outside of their own – No one's doing the work no except Maya. No one's doing the work. Yes, exactly. Maya's doing the work for everybody. Uh, Careful, and then Maya. We have our second second conclusion. He gets the book, Finality, Disappointment, and he finally has the meeting with Victoria at the wedding after the wedding. Which was a very sweet – I thought it was a very sweet meeting. So she well played. She rebuffed him when he was drunk, but of course, because yeah. she didn't know what was coming. But she did answer and she, you know, She, knew, she tolerated knows to be him. tender with him still. Yeah. Yeah, she, it she was, was interesting. On, if we remember. Well, exactly. She's not the bad guy. Like, she's kind of presented to be the bad guy a little bit. And then you find out she But she made probably him feel small. Left. Like, it's complicated. Of course. Um, but, but also, yeah, Miles but, is somebody who could feel small because right. he feels, you know, she he was a very accomplished person, it sounds like. And, of course, then she married a guy who uh, was a lot more success. Ken. Ken, <laughs> who was very nice. You know, so it's like, it's like, did she make him feel small or did he feel small as a result of his own... Well, you found out she's pregnant, and it's just a gut. That punch. was a gut punch. That that hit me harder last night than it has. That was really like the icing on the cake for him. It's like, all right, not only has she moved on, yeah. but now she's going to start a family. That's like, like that's, the finality, yeah. of all finality, yeah. And, and in her mind, she's like, she doesn't say it, but you know, she's like, of course, we're not going to get back together. I know. It's like, no. Yeah, it's like over. you're the only person that thinks that. You and your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Or no, her mom says someone else, right? No, his mom is like, you should get back together with Victoria. (laughs) She's so delightfully wacky. (laughs) I didn't get a chance to put my face on. (laughs) You. Uh, And then we get the the Cheval Blanc comes full full circle. Yes, he's sitting in like a Burger King or McDonald's. Goddamn scenes. I don't know. I kind of thought it was. I don't know. I really liked it. I, I mean, I liked it, but it's just like. Drinking it out of a styrofoam cup with a past its peak with a burger. But he he also in He's that moment though it. no, but in that moment there was also like he wasn't he was just doing it like that yeah. was you know what I mean like there was a little bit like a bit of acceptance like yeah. all of his chips are you know all his cards are on the table. Well, I mean maybe that's rock bottom is really what it is. Well, I kept thinking for both of them like is this rock bottom? And it's I think like, that it, is because that's what leads to the final scene. That last scene is so great when you get the the uh, and this this movie is so wonderfully edited. We didn't talk about the split screen, the Thomas Crown Affair type uh, when the shots are moving around and oh, those yeah. segues. There's just so fun with that. It was score. super fun, but again, that was in the trailer, and I was like, "What is happening here?" Yeah, like that seems it's way different too in the context and, of the yeah. film. Um, but some of the editing that I loved is uh, the first time where he goes to call Victoria in drunk dial. That the way that scene is intercut with him at the table depressed and Jack looking at him like and it shows him dialing, but then it goes back to the table. Yeah. And then you hear the voiceover. It's just such good editing. Yeah. And then at the end you get her phone message to him about right. his book. Uh cut with the that dash cam shot of driving in the rain in California, yeah. which is a really specific thing. Yeah. If you've never lived in California. Well, it only rains It rains so seldom. Yeah. Like, to drive through the rain, just is it, it's different than anywhere else. Yeah. And it's just such a sweet message she leaves. 
It is a really sweet message. And again, you know, like, did you really go through all of that? Ugh. You know, and she like she seems to get his book. She truly seems to, you know, whatever he's trying to accomplish. Like, I don't think she was just saying, you know. She's not just validating. No, him she's not. All. Like, she's like this gave her kind of a window yeah. into his soul. I want to read this book now. <laughs> like what? his book, yeah. What? Oh, Jesus. I'm sure it's like kill me. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, never mind. Um, but it's just so great. You 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 see the car get off that exit, and then him walk up walk those up beautiful the, stairs oh, with all the plants and with all that moody California yes. winter weather. Yeah, it's just wet and just a door knock. And yeah, cut to black, and then you don't know. So you don't know. Well, the last word I have, hope. Hope. Yeah, that's true. It is. You're left with hope. Well, and she certainly the leaves the door open. Cherry on top. Yeah. It's hope. Yeah. Like you can't – you got to be hopeful for Miles at the end of this. Of course. Even like he didn't go through bit. all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise like he gets to have a shot. I know. <laughs> all right. I think we did this one justice. Oh, yeah? I think so too. Let me see if I had I a couple of – uh, IMDb trivias for you uh, real quick that you might find interesting. Oh. George Clooney wanted to play Jack and heavily campaigned for that. Oh, really? But he thought Clooney was too big and then totally. used him in uh, Descendants next, which oh, I can't oh, wait to God, do that one. Descendants. I um, forgot that was him, actually. Let me see here. Oh, Thomas Hayden Church had mirrored his own thing. He was he had not acted in a while and was doing voiceover work, just right. like his character. Sure. Well, and this was not dissimilar to his character in Wings. I mean, that guy was a little bit more of like a simpleton and, you know, but just kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of that guy, so it wasn't out of type. But uh, it's funny. He's so that guy. Like, you just think that's probably who oh, he yeah. is. But then we started to watch some of the um, oh, we, what, deleted, deleted scenes. scenes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, not at all. Yeah. If you guys get a chance to, um, I think you have to purchase it on iTunes, which we did because we just love it so much. Uh, there's some good deleted scenes along with really detailed notes from Alexander Payne on why it was cut, which is always super instructive, I think. That stay up on the screen for way too long. It's well, like third grade it, reading <laughs> level. <laughs> I was like, all right, I got it. Uh, oh, interesting. The book remained unpublished <laughs> until Alexander Payne bought the film rights. So oh. the novel, the actual novel it was based on was released just a month before the film premiere. Interesting. I wonder how he got a hold of it. it was just like a manuscript that was floating around or something? And Alexander Payne was – I forgot he was married to Sandra Oh at the time. Oh. Remember that? Now I do. And they're no longer together, I take it? They're no longer together. Huh. Uh, director Chris Columbus, uh, his critique, yeah, he said he thought it was a 70s movie made in contemporary times. Huh. And Payne has said that too with the cinematography. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because he wanted that. that look of like those those 70s movies. Um, film look. And we were we were – presuming that it probably was shot on film because in 2004 I think I'm going to make a wager that of, it was I think so uh, let me see here I mean that was back when I was still producing and you know like the the more established directors were still pushing for film <laughs> uh, and so in the book though uh, there is a different ending um, Maya shows up at Jack's wedding um, to see him in person and talk about his manuscript in person instead of the phone message Oh, interesting. And Alexander Payne thought that was just too kind of Hollywood. It's way too Hollywood. I completely agree with his choice to not do that. There's yeah. no way. She would not pursue Miles after all of that, especially not at Jack's wedding. Like, she wouldn't go to the no. scene of the crime. No. Um, he, at the very end, as he's standing there, like, I forget when exactly he says this. Oh, it's before he hooks up with the waitress. You understand movies, literature, wine, 
but you don't understand my plight. Yeah. And I was like, what is your plight, dude? But then it is. It's the it's that he has no choice but to think through his penis. Yeah. Well, but it's that he's his choices are to do that or to go be, grow up. Yeah. And that that to him that is, is a, an enormous plight. Like, but but also to grow up means to give up his dream of yeah. acting too. I think right. that's a piece of it, which is I probably so less than you know he even discusses. This was fun. Yeah, this was super fun. All right, which one do you want to do next? We got election. We have uh, let's do election. Okay, done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's such a fun movie. All right, everyone, that wraps it up for uh, the Alexander Payne film series, Volume One, with uh, Emily V One V One, and we'll be back for V Two sometime in the next few months. We're gonna take it slow. Yeah, quarterly. See I think how quarterly it goes. is realistic. <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Movie Crush is produced, edited, and engineered by Ramsey Yunt here in our home studio at Pont City Market, Atlanta, Georgia, for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.